Welcome to the You Can Be Unstoppable podcast. My name is Ewelina Szczoblewska, your host and certified hypnotherapist. In this podcast, I will share with you how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. I intend to share with you how learning how to use the power of your subconscious mind can help you to create successful an abundant life with ease, how to connect with yourself while fostering a healthy relationship with your body and mind. Tapping into the power of the subconscious mind will help you to learn how to manage your emotions, become more resilient and present in all of your relationships. Self-love and self-worth are the keys to the kingdom of success and abundance, to happy and healthy life on your terms. Hello everyone, and today episode I wanted to go back into habits and revisit them again because I think they are incredibly important to understand how we form habits, why we have them, why is it so hard to change your habits and create new way of being, new way of habitual behavior. So are you aware that pretty much everything that we do is a habit? And that not only is a habit of behavior, but as well that is linked to habit of thought. So when we think in a certain way, we think over and over in a certain way, that becomes a habit of thought and repeated often enough becomes a belief. So this is really important to understand that pretty much everything that we do, the way we think, the way we are, is a habit. And as my mentor, Jim Fortin, says, we don't get what we want in life we get our habits. And if you think about it, people are successful or not, people have great relationships or not, because this comes down to their habitual way of behavior and habitual way of thinking. And I know that can be a little bit hard to grasp your mind around it because it took me a while to really fully understand what that meant. But if we take this a little back, what is a habit? A habit is something that we do without conscious effort. We don't have to think about it. We just do it. So if you think about it, if you're driving, uh, once you learn how to drive, you can hold a conversation and you can think about something else and you can jump into the car and drive through a very busy city. Because this becomes so habitual, so automatic, and is run by by your unconscious mind that you don't have to consciously think about what you are doing, about that behavior, that action that you are taking. But why do we have habits? I'm not sure if you're aware, but the brain is roughly about 2% of our um, 
body weight, but it takes 20% of the energy consumption a day. That is huge. So it uses a huge amount of energy to function, to run you, to make sure that you function properly. So every time brain notices, spots that you do something over and over, there is a pattern in the way you behave or think, it goes, oh, okay, she, she, she or he is doing this over and over. I can make this a habit. I can make this automatic. So I don't have to use my energy or your energy, your body energy, to consciously think about behavior in a certain way or think in a certain way. I'm not going to make this automatic. Is going to run behind the scenes in the background in your subconscious mind. So then prefrontal cortex doesn't have to use energy to consciously think about what you are doing. It's stored in your unconscious mind and then you can consciously think about other more important things. And this is really important to understand because once we create those habits, they run without us being aware and consciously think about them. They run our lives, the way we behave, the way we show up in relationships, in friendships, and the way we do business, the way we show up to work. So if you're struggling with a perfectionism or procrastination or self-sabotage, that at some point became a habit. So you engaged in those actions like sabotage because of something happened in the past and there was a way of you to avoid pain or hurt or hurt someone else and you repeat this often often because it worked for you and now it became a habit and it also really important to understand that we would not engage in a, a habit if it wouldn't be any benefit to it so there is a secondary benefit there is something behind the scenes so consider this wouldn't be worth looking into your habits and the way your way of thinking in order to identify, okay, what habits that I have that are helpful to me and in my aspiration to create a great, extraordinary life and what habits are really not helping me. Because success isn't really about what cards you were given by life, you know, in a lot of life, the family you were born in and so on. But it's taking responsibility of, okay, this is who I am. This, Those are my habits. This is where I am at. Okay. What can I do to create better habits? And habits is what create our lives. They are our superpower and they can support us or break us. If you remember going back to when you were learning tying your shoes, you haven't tied your shoe once and they became a habit. You probably had to do it a few times to learn how to tie your shoes properly. Then you have to probably do a, a, a few more times because, before that came a bit more natural. And then you probably had to do it a few more times when it became a bit more habitual and you needed to use less conscious effort to tie your shoes. And with time, you were probably not even looking what you were doing and you could tie your shoes. And that's how we, we create habits. We do something over 
and over. And we have them because we need to preserve our energy. It makes our life easier. It's then a familiar pattern, a known pattern that brains prefers because it knows how to navigate this. It knows how you should behave or act or think. It doesn't need to consciously think about it. And that goes back to, you know, when we lived in in, in uh, caves, because once we learned that, you know, leaving the village or a cave at night means pretty much a certain death because the lion would hunt you for dinner, you know that this is not what we do. And that's how the brain still very much operates. Once we learned a habit, a behavior, even if it's not very helpful to us, it likes to stick to it. It requires less effort and energy. It makes us feel safe, even if it's not good for us. So we are feeling less tired and and habits are obviously tied to our beliefs. Like I said earlier, once we think in a certain way over and over, it becomes a habit and then this becomes a belief. So overthinking is a habitual way of thinking. There's a reason why you overthought something in the past and then you do more and more and because you did this over and over and over it became a habit and I hear so many people says what but I can't change I'm too old for this and not really true like really because this is just an excuse there is something beneficial in you doing the habit that you are doing or thinking the way you are thinking there's something there and that may be something like not taking responsibility for your life keeping small and safe Maybe it gets you to play a victim or being a taken care of by someone else because you don't know how to take responsibility for yourself or whatever that is for you. There's so many variables and possibilities that can be unpacked here. And as my other coach, Sandra Chuma says, habits are subset of behavior. So thing, first we have a behavior a thought and an action before we have a habit. So, you know, we repeat this thought or a um, action, behavior or thinking repeatedly. So then it gets wired into our subconscious mind and becomes an automatic. Or there is something that we do and is strongly tied to an emotional response attachment. And there is something that it's called a habit loop. So we've got a cue, a routine and a reward. So before a habit happens is a prompt, a cue, something that triggers us to do it. Then there's a routine, so we do over and over. And there's also a reward, is a reason why we're doing something. So maybe um, overeating, eating too many sweets, it actually comforts you, soothe you. It's an emotional soothing because, for example, when you were um, a child and um, maybe your parents were getting divorced and there was a lot of distress and they were sending you off to your grandma, she was feeding you with cakes to soothe you, to make you feel better. And now you are a grown-up and every time you've got an emotional uh, challenges, you eat to soothe yourself. So the habit is there, you eat cakes, but the reward is you feeling better. But the habit is not helpful to you because maybe you want to lose weight or, 
you know, too much sugar is actually causing you some health issues. So this is also really worth looking into what is the reward behind the habit. Either that's a behavior or a thought. Because let's say self-sabotage is a habit. And the reward may be you stay small. You may think the success isn't for you or that, you know, rich people are bad or whatever that is for you. What Sandra Toma as well introduced um, to me is a folk behavioral model by Dr. B.G. Falk. And I really like it because it's got three elements and the three elements are motivation, ability and prompt. Motivation is very good to get you going. Uh, so let's say it's a New Year's Eve and you want to head the gym and you're like, yes, I'm motivated, I'm going to do it. And you head the gym and you probably stick to it for the first week. Maybe even the second week and the third week, your tail is off, the motivation was off, maybe the weather wasn't really so good and you're like, oh, I can't really be bothered going. So the motivation is very good. I get you going, I get you started. But it's not very reliable and it may not necessarily keep you going. So then what's really important to look at is the second part of the folk behavioral model, which is ability. So we need to make the formation of a new habit as easy as possible. So when we chunk it down, make it easy and small, the simplicity helps us to change behavior. So if you have an exercise match and suddenly you want to hit the gym and do two hours every day, it's probably not going to be easy. You're setting yourself up for failure. Start a small. Prep a bag the night before. So that's the third part, um, which is a cue. And go to gym for 15 minutes for the first week. Or if you exercise at home, do 15 minutes of yoga or whatever that is. And then the next week you may want to that extend that to half an hour. And the next week we might want to extend this to 45 minutes. Make it small and manageable, easy, so you can set yourself up for success. And the third part is the cue. So before all behavior, there is a prompt or a cue. So come up with something, like I mentioned a minute ago, prepare your bag the night before and put it in a car. So when you leave work, you go straight to the gym. Or if you want to eat healthy, but you struggle every night to prepare a healthy meal because your brain says, oh, you're tired, just stick the pizza into the oven. Prep your meals the night before or prep them so when you leave work, it's, it's easier to take things out of the fridge and put them on a stove. You can even buy a prep vegetables in a shop if you need to go as simple, as easy as that. So find how you can make creation of the new habit as easy, as simple, as small as possible and build upon this. And then use a cue, a prompt, and whether you need to set a alarm or link this to another behavior that you're already doing. Let, let's say every morning you get up and you put the kettle on and you want to take some supplements or maybe you drink herbal tea or something. Always link that to something to make it easier on yourself. So when we want to break about habits, it's really important to understand why it's so hard because brain things that we need and once we have them, it's easier to navigate if things we need them to our survival and it requires time, effort and energy that the brain wants to preserve. 
So when you want to change your bad behavior, identify what reward you get from doing certain behavior. And when you notice that trigger in your mind that you want to do that behavior, it's like, okay, I hear you, but it's not me. It's the habit. It's the habit speaking. It's not me. And you choose, because you've got free will, you can choose to not do it or create alternative behavior. So rather than taking biscuits to work, you take grapes. Find an alternative behavior and move your attention. So let's say with smoking, maybe every time you feel angry and frustrated, you go outside to have a smoke and you think this is really helping you because you feel calmer. But what actually is happening, the fact that you are smoking, you're taking deep breaths and this is what is calming you down. This is really looking down into breaking down your habits. Why you have them? What is the reward behind it? How did you get them? Because the awareness is really important in breaking your habits. And obviously, and whether you want to break a bad habit or create a new habit, repetition is mother of all learning. This is how we learn them by repetition. And this is how we break them. So I hope that was helpful and that you got something out of this. And if you would like to learn on your habits and create a better habit, whether that's behavioral or thinking habits, do get in touch and I'm sure your life will be a thousand times better once you take responsibility for your habits. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you found value in this podcast, I would like to ask you to leave a positive review explaining how this episode helped you to improve your life. I ask you to do this because this will help other people to improve their lives as well. Share and spread the love all around you. Raise your vibrations to improve your life. If you would like more transformational content like this, connect with me on Instagram. You can find a link in the description of this podcast and I'll see you over in the next episode.